Today's scripture reading comes from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. We give thanks for that scripture. Today, we are picking up where we left off in a series of sermons on the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you that the goal of this series of sermons is that we would be able to see God doing in us what we cannot do for ourselves. That is to produce the fruit of His Spirit in our lives every day. Because we're living in a day and time when our world desperately needs God's people demonstrating the fruit of his Holy Spirit. And for this reason, I have encouraged us all to begin each day with a prayer, much like the prayer that we learned from John Stott. In fact, I'm going to uh, put that prayer back up on the screen. I want to invite you to say that with me this morning as a way of beginning. Let's pray this together. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if you've been with us over this series of sermons, we've learned that this fruit of God's Holy Spirit is something that is produced. It's a byproduct of God's Spirit at work in our lives. But it's also something that we have to do our part in cultivating each and every day. Just like producing a high-quality fruit in a garden is something that requires our attention and hard work and and, uh, those kind of things, it's the same thing when it comes to the Christian life. And so far we have seen how the fruit of love and the fruit of joy and peace need to be cultivated in our lives. Today we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit known as patience. Patience. Now, if you're like me, this is one of those fruits that does not come easily. <laughs> I mean, if I were to ask your spouse, if I were to ask your, um, your friends or your children, are you a patient person, how would they answer that question? <laughs> and just for the record, don't bother answer, asking my family that question because they'll be quick to tell you that patience is a virtue that I struggle with each and every day. In fact, when my wife heard that I was preaching on this subject, she laughed. That probably tells you all you need to know about me. Uh, but I figure that I'm in good company with the rest of you when it comes to this subject of patience. Patience is not something that comes easily for any of us. And right now, our patience is being tested as never before as we deal with this pandemic. I mean, just the other day, I had someone ask me, how much longer? When are we ever going to be able to get back to some sense of normalcy? What else could I say other than, I don't know. We just have to wait and see. But none of us like to wait and see because we live in this instant gratification culture today where we want what we want now, right? I mean, it used to be that when you placed something of an order by mail, you were accustomed to look into the fine print there that said allow four to six weeks for delivery. 
Nobody wants to wait four to six weeks for delivery nowadays. And with Amazon, you can get it in two to three days. And now everybody's working on uh, this uh, uh, next day delivery stuff because they realize that no one likes to wait. It's all about instant gratification today. You know, I just had a wonderful time on vacation. It's a great time, except for those times I had to wait. Wait in traffic, wait in line, wait for my food. It just points out that the truth is we're not very patient people. They say that patience is a virtue, but it's becoming a very exceedingly rare quality in the world that we live in today. I mean, I just came across this survey this week about a, uh, it was conducted on over 2,000 adults uh, talking about their attitudes and behaviors toward impatience. And had some interesting uh, findings, and some of them included things like the average person grows frustrated after waiting only 16 seconds for a web page to open up when they click on it. It only takes 22 seconds for people to start cursing at their television sets or their computers if the show or the movie that they want to see doesn't immediately start to stream when they click on it. (laughs) 22 seconds. It only takes 25 seconds for people to lose their patience waiting for a traffic signal to turn. Any longer than 14 minutes spent waiting for ordered food to arrive from the restaurant uh, can seriously try people's patience. Respondent says that uh, just 30 seconds waiting in a line can cause people to uh, be tested in their patience. Over half of those people said they would actually switch to another line if their line isn't moving fast enough. Any of these things sound familiar to (laughs) y'all? I think they all do. These and other stats just point to the sad fact that we are an impatient people. We're often like those two women who came out of church Sunday on Sunday morning and after the service, one woman said, that was a great sermon on patience today. The other woman said, yeah, but it went five minutes too long. (laughs) Again, patience is something we all struggle with. Yet the Apostle Paul tells us that this is a quality that we are to be known as God's people. We're to be known by this quality of patience. Let's hear our text again this morning. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And as we've learned, this fruit of patience, it is something that is produced by God's Holy Spirit within us. And and I have to tell you, I'm grateful for that. Because without God's help, I'd be a much less patient person than I already am. Yet even though it is the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit that helps us to become more patient people, this is something we have to work at. Uh, We have to to, uh, work to cultivate this fruit in our lives. As Paul says, in order to become patient people, we must seek to clothe ourselves in patience. How do you do that? Well, I think the first step in becoming more patient people is to really have a clear understanding what the Bible means when it talks about patience. The word that is translated as patience in our scripture, or sometimes as forbearance, comes from a Greek word, makrothumia. Makrothumia, that's really made up of two different words. Macro, which means uh, long, and thumia, which means temper, or it can refer to an explosive fuse. And so the word literally means long-tempered or long-fused. 
When we refer to impatient people, we often refer to them as being short-tempered or short-fused. You know anybody like that? Which one of those qualities best describes you? Another way that this word is often translated is long-suffering, which means it takes a lot, of, a lot to really help someone to lose their temper. It, it, it takes a long time before people who are patient to explode. <laughs> and they are slow to become angry amidst life's struggles. This is actually the same word that's used to describe God a lot in the Old Testament. With verses like, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Other words used to describe this quality are endurance, persistence, perseverance. I love the way that Reverend Charlie Brinkman defines this biblical understanding of patience when he says, Patience is the capacity or quality of enduring pain, difficulty, provocation, or annoyance with calmness. It is the quality of persevering, of calmly waiting on an outcome, of not being hasty or impulsive. And over the last few weeks, as we've explored these fruits of the Spirit, we've learned that when we bear these fruits, such as patience or love or joy or peace or kindness or gentleness or self-control, when we bear these kind of fruits, we're becoming more like Jesus. And that's really the goal of the Holy Spirit. It is to help us to become more Christ-like in our living every day. And there are tons of examples in the Bible about the patience of God. For instance, you remember how God gave the world 120 years before he sent the flood during the time of Noah. I mean, think about that. Noah's neighbors had to listen for 12 decades. They they watched that ark being built. They listened to Noah preach and uh, call them to repentance before God finally sent the flood. Another example is God's patience toward those sinful Ninevites. Remember the story of Jonah and the Ninevites? You remember how frustrated Jonah was with this fruit of God's Holy Spirit, patience. And do you recall God's statement to Abraham, Abram in, in Genesis 15 about the Amorites? At that time, they were occupying the promised land. And instead of just wiping them out immediately so he could bring in his people, God waited over 400 years before he passed judgment on them. It was in his long-suffering, his forbearance, his, his patience with them, he gave them time to repent of their wickedness and to be forgiven. And you see that story reenacted over and over and over again in the Old Testament. Jesus spoke of God's patience toward the people of Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday when as he wept over the city, he said, Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. You know, I could go on and on citing examples of God's patience, but the fact is God is patient with us every minute of every day of our lives. As we read in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, 
not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now, just like all the other fruits of the Holy Spirit, the more patient we become in our living, the more we become like our Lord. And that really should be the goal for all who seek to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we know that we are called to bear this fruit of patience in our lives. And the truth is, I could probably do a pretty good job at that if it were not for some of the people (laughs) that I have to deal with. Especially difficult people, right? (laughs) And yet, this Greek word for patience, uh, makrothumia, it is primarily a relational word. In other words, it refers to being patient with people more than it's referring to being patient with circumstances in life. And there are times I really wish that it was not the case because it is often a lot easier to be patient with circumstances than it is with people. <laughs> I mean, just, just think about this. You're at a restaurant, you're waiting for a table, and you notice the restaurant is filled with people. We've got people standing outside waiting in line. And that's frustrating, but you know that there's not really anything you can do about that. And so you just wait. But if you're waiting at a restaurant and you can see that there are three tables that are empty, but they just haven't been cleaned off, then you start looking for the management, right? Because now your frustration is not with the circumstances, it's with the people who are not doing their job. Yet the kind of patience that this text is talking about really refers to dealing with people more than circumstances. It's the ability to put up with the imperfections of fallen foolish people like you and like me without losing our cool. And I think one of the main relationships that often our patience is tested is in our role as parents with children. Children can really test and try our patience, can't they? Uh, My wife is a teacher and every day she comes home with these stories of how these kids have tested and tried her patience. One of my favorite stories about patience is the story about a teacher who was trying to help a little boy in her kindergarten class put his cowboy boots on. Uh, He asked for her help, and after she had put the second boot on, she realized why. I mean, by the time she got the second boot on, she was almost breaking a sweat, you know, pulling and pushing and prodding, trying to get these boots on. And she almost cried when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. (laughs) She looked down. And lo and behold, they were on the wrong feet. And they weren't any easier getting off than they were putting them on. So she managed to keep her cool. They worked together to get these boots off, and this time to put them on the right feet. But then the little guy announced, Teacher, these aren't my boots. (laughs) Well, instead of getting in his face and screaming, Why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Uh, She restrained herself. And she bit her tongue, was patient, and once again she worked to help him get these boots off. And no sooner had they got the boots off than the little boy says, They're my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them today. (laughs) At this point, uh, she didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. But she mustered up the last bit of grace and patience she had, and she helped him put these boots back on. And then as she helped him put his coat on, as they began to go outside, she asked him, now where are your mittens? And he said, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. (laughs) Well, according to the story, the teacher's trial will begin next month. (laughs) 
children, children and people, they can really test our patience. And when they do, it's, it's so hard to exercise patience, isn't it? I, I love this story I found about a, a father who uh, was shopping at a supermarket. He had his little child, little boy with him, and he put him and strapped him in the little front uh, part of the basket there, and they're going down the aisles. But the little boy was not happy to be there at all. He was throwing a temper tantrum, uh, fussing, screaming, yelling. He was n- knocking things off the shelf as he went by. He's picking things out of the buggy, throwing them out. But all during this, the father just remained calm and patient. As he's going down the aisles, you could hear him saying gently, Easy now, Donald. Easy. Keep calm, Donald. It's going to be okay, Donald. You're going to make it, Donald. Keep calm. Just stay steady. One of the mothers observing this was quite impressed. And so she came over to the father and said, You really have a a knack, a a way of talking to a fussing child very calmly and patiently. And I was just impressed by that. And then she knelt down to talk to the little boy. And she said, What is your problem, Donald? Whereupon the father said, Oh, his name is Henry. My name is Donald. (laughs) Yeah. All kidding aside, uh, no matter who they are, what age they are, people can be frustrating to deal with. Whether it's the people in those cars or in the line in front of you that are cutting in line, or whether it's just people that get on your nerves, it's hard to have patience with difficult people. But before you think or say an amen to that, I think we need to recognize that often when we find ourselves impatient with people, it's because we're beginning to think that our agenda is more important than their agenda. You know, I'm more important than those people are up in the front of that line. I mean, my need to get to where I'm going is more important than your need to get to where you're going. My time is more important than your time. And right now, you're just wasting my time. I could go on and on with that. But the truth is, I am not more important than the people who are in the line in front of me. Not in God's eyes. Their agendas, their needs, their wants, they're just as important as mine are. And I think this is where our patience with other people really begins. It's when we recognize that we're all on this journey of life together. That we all have needs. That we all have things that we need to learn. And none of us, including myself, are perfect. Back in the 60s, people often wear these little buttons or slogans on their shirts. And they stood for this, Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. I know that was a long time ago, but I think it's still relevant today. I think it's a good reminder that God is still working on me. I'm not perfect. But it also reminds us that God is still working on those people who are trying our patience too. We need to remember that the promise in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion under the day of Christ Jesus... That doesn't just apply to me. It applies to everyone else around me. And the reason why I point this out is because it's a lot easier to have patience in our relationship with other people when we realize that we are just as broken and that we are just as dependent upon God's grace as everybody else is around us. This is why Paul says, Be kind and compassionate with one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That's something we often forget when we begin to lose our patience with other people. 
But that person who is trying your patience is no less perfect than you are. And if God can be patient with you, then we should strive to be patient with others. Every time I'm tempted to lose my patience with someone who's driving me up the wall, I have to remember that my wall is already packed full of people that I've driven up it because God has not finished with me yet either. Remember, patience, it has to do with forbearance with one another. It has to do with putting up with the things that people do or don't do around you. It's about treating others as God treats you. So who are the people in your life that really try your patience? Another way of asking that is, uh, who are the people that God is challenging you to bear this fruit of patience with in your life? I think we all know that we're, we should strive to have more patience one, with one another. But the question is, you know, how do you really do that? Well, I think the way we do this, the way we bear this fruit of patience more in our life with others, is that we begin just by asking for God's help. We begin by asking God to empower us to be more like Him. We, we make it our prayer, God, please be patient with me. Uh, don't stop working on my, in my life. Help me to be more patient like you are with whoever it is we're struggling with. This is where our source of patience really comes from. It comes from God. Because after all, it is the fruit of His Spirit, right? The truth is, there's no way that you can really manufacture this, this quality in your life all on your own. We're simply too self-centered for that. It is our faith in God that enables this fruit of patience to grow in our lives. As Lloyd Ogilvie writes, Patience is rooted in an overarching confidence that there is someone in control of the universe, a world, and our life. It is the conviction that God does work in all things for our good. A patient person knows the shortness of time and the length of eternity. Patience is first and foremost faith and action. Authentic patience comes as a result of our deep personal relationship with Christ. Patience, it comes and it grows out of a faith that realizes God can use even the most frustrating uh, struggles that we have in life to help shape us more into the likeness of Christ. As John Ortberg puts it, what God does in us while we wait is as important as what it is we're waiting for. I think this is something we often miss when it comes to our impatience with life and with other people. But what God does in us while we wait is as important as what we are waiting for. Patience is is rooted in the faith that perseverance does indeed produce character. And character does produce hope. As James says, when we face trials of many kind, we are to be patient, considering it pure joy. Because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. And when the perseverance finishes its work, we will be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So basically, patience comes from the faith that wading through the struggles in life and demonstrating patience with other people around us is actually good for us. 
it's good for us. Do any of y'all remember that uh, marshmallow test that was done with uh, kids several decades ago? This is where they gave children one marshmallow. I said, you can have one marshmallow now, but if you wait 20 minutes, you can have two. And the study said that those kids who patiently waited to get the two marshmallows were much more successful as adults than those who didn't. These kids had lower rates of divorce later on in life. They had lower rates of addiction, higher SAT scores, better salaries. They were less likely to be overweight and and many other things. So the the facts are that patience really is good for us. We, We benefit from patience. And as Christians, our source of patience really comes from the faith of knowing that God is still creating us. God is still shaping us. God is still using everything that happens in our life for our good, ultimately, and for his glory. I recently heard about a pastor in Florida who is known for having count-it-all-joy parties. I mean, he so believes in this uh, verse from James that we are to consider it all joy that whenever he faces a difficult situation, he invites his friends over for a count-it-all-joy party. And they ask him, you know, what's the occasion? Is it your birthday? Is it a uh, uh, you know, promotion? What's the deal? He says, no, actually, I'm going through this incredibly difficult crisis in my life right now. And so I'm having this count-it-all-joy party. I mean, I, I'm going to celebrate this difficulty because I know by faith that this is going to bring something of special value in my life. I don't know what it is. can't see it now. But I know by faith it's going to do that. And so I'm inviting you all to come over for a count-it-all joy party. <laughs> now that may seem a little bit over the top, <laughs> ridiculous, but you know that's faith. And that's the kind of faith that we should strive to cultivate in order to have and to bear the fruit of patience. For ultimately, our sense of patience with life, with our circumstances, with people, is knowing that our lives are in God's hands, no matter what we face on this earth. As Lord Ogilvy said, a patient person knows the shortness of time and the length of Eternity. When we live with this perspective of eternity with God, it enables us to have more patience with life, with other people around us. And is there any doubt that the world we're living in today desperately needs people who have that kind of faith and who demonstrate this fruit of the Holy Spirit? Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we live in a time that is really trying our patience. Patience with circumstances. We're impatient with each other as we're frustrated in life. And Lord, now more than ever, we need this empowerment of your Holy Spirit to live lives of patience. Lives that place their trust in you. But knowing that even though we're living in difficult times, unknown circumstances and frustrating times, we can still have that peace of knowing that you love us, you're with us. By your strength, we can do all things in Christ and we can overcome and you're going to walk us through this period in our life. So God, come Holy Spirit, fill us with your patience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.